Welcome to Homebase Hope, all about autism, the show that invites you to think differently, inspires you to take a whole child approach, and most of all, instills hope when it comes to your child and autism. I'm your host, Rhiannon Crisp, from homebasehope.com.au. Let's get into it. Hi guys, and welcome back. Today we are talking to two beautiful mums of children on the spectrum doing wonderful things in our autism community here in Australia. If you have ever wanted to feel connected or have a support group of like-minded, open-minded parents who band together to provide new experiences and possibilities for their child, well then you're in luck because today we are going to hear from two parents who have created that reality. We're talking to Claire Gilmore and Francine McNabb from the Autism Treehouse based on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. I'll introduce you to Claire first. Claire's life changed when she moved from New Zealand to the Sunshine Coast and her four-year-old son Cooper was diagnosed with autism. As a single mum, Claire faced the diagnosis on her own and she realised the importance of being involved in a like-minded community and having access to autism resources. She saw the need for an organisation that could help families navigate appropriate programs to assist with the development of social and life skills, and because of this, the Autism Treehouse was born. And now our second guest with us today is Francine. Francine is a mother to four children, three of which have been diagnosed as being on the spectrum. She's a passionate advocate for education and acceptance for children and young people with autism. And Francine is on the board for the Autism Treehouse. Hello, ladies. Hello, Anna. Thanks for having us. Ah, it's lovely to have you on the show. I'm super lucky uh, that you're joining us today. Now, I'd love to kickstart today by hearing about your individual journeys as parents of children on the spectrum because I think while every parent travels a different path, they also um, have a very similar um, experience in terms of their challenges that they experience. Um, So if we can, yeah, have a bit of a chat about, um, and I might start with you, Claire, if we take a few steps back and talk about the early days and getting a diagnosis and all the things that sort of followed that. Yep, sure. Um, Well, as you mentioned before, I'm a single mum and uh, Cooper's my first child. So um, you don't know what is, is typical, what, what to expect with your first child. So once his um, speech failed to really develop, um, you know, a few little light bulbs were going off. Um, and then at one point he was in his high chair and somehow all his little matchbox cards were lined up. And I was like, hmm, you know, is that, is that a little sign there? So anyway, just we continued along. He was probably only 18 months then. Um, and then we were getting on a bit and the speech still didn't develop. Um, and probably like many other parents, you go from doctor to the doctor. And just over that time, I kept asking them, you know, do you do developmental assessments on children? And, you know, I got, got oh, it's a boy thing. No, nah, he'll start talking. Don't worry about it. Until I got one doctor who said, I was hoping you'd ask that question. And that's when I got the referral to the paediatrician. So... Um, and then everything changed. So once we got into, finally got into the paediatrician, um, and she had a you know good look at him, have a chat, saw his behaviours, said you know come back next time, and then you're likely to get a diagnosis. So um, so we did. We went back, and um, and she was like, "There's your bit of paper. There's your diagnosis." And um, and from there, you just left. And, and what really surprised me at that time, there's no real direction that she could give me. There was no Oh, here on the Sunshine Coast, we've got this amazing organisation that's going to help you every step of the way. There was nothing like that. So, um, you know, you, you leave that office and you, what do you do? You just go and Google. You go yeah. and, and search, you know, what does my child need? What, you know, what is, auto, what is autism? You yeah, I was Google. going to ask, did you know um, heading into the paediatrician's office that you were looking sort of for that autism diagnosis? Had you heard of it before or did you know what it was? I'd heard of it. Um, we'd obviously, you know, it's a bit of a process leading up to getting into that office. So you do do a bit of research and, and what have you. And um, you yeah, hope it gets not, but, you know, there's all these little light bulbs there. So once you get the diagnosed, it's just, it's just you know, the icing on the cake. Is, you know? It was the opposite for me. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, I'd love to hear your um, journey as well, Francine, but I just want to ask Claire, how old was Cooper when he was diagnosed? He was diagnosed just before he turned four. Okay. So um, we left there and, as I said, we, yeah, we started Googling and I, was, and I just thought, well, what, what, does he, what does he need? What does an occupational therapist do? What do we go, where do we go and what's going to help him the best to get you know the, the best out- outcomes in life for him? Um, and so you do, you, you start... He starts searching everything. Oh, is that the best option? Is that that there was no one place on the coast to go to get that information, um, especially about funding. Where do you go to get your funding organised? What are the services on the coast? What are the best? Um, you know, are there any social things for him to do? There's no one to really connect with. So, mm. so that's the whole beginning of, of the Autism Treehouse. Mm, excellent. Um, Okay, yeah, so Francine, over to you. What was it like for you in the early days? Um, in the intro, yeah, I said that you, you've got four children and three of which are um, on the spectrum. Can you tell us what it was like in the diagnosis um, early stages and sort of what what life is like at the moment and sort of your journey through the autism maze? Um, sure. So I guess we have to rewind quite a few years. So I've four children, as you said. Now, uh, my daughter was almost four and my son was almost two when the twins were born. So they're my youngest boys and they're gorgeous little guys. So it was a very busy house for me in those days. I had essentially four babies under four to start with. We were all going along fine and very busy. And I guess in a way, um, I missed certain things because I was so busy and I used to just, um, I remember people would say to me, um, for my oldest son, you know, is there something wrong? And I'd say, no, he's just, you know, he has a speech delay. And I'd been told so many times that he was a boy and that that's what boys do and to just ignore it, that I, I did just ignore it for quite a long time. Um, look, I look back now and I see so many issues. Um one of my twins came along and they both developed beautifully. They both developed really, really well up until 18 months and one just stopped developing and actually regressed quite the other way. I was lucky that I had started um, my oldest son in therapy anyway because I half knew as a kindy teacher that something wasn't right but I wasn't exactly sure what I was dealing with. So he was seeing a speech therapist in any case and I actually asked her to come over and can she just please have a look at one of the twins because I'm a bit worried. And, um, yeah, she said, oh, look, you know, I think maybe if you just see a paediatrician and you can get into, um, you know, maybe some great groups that might help him, him along. And that was probably her way of telling me in the nicest way possible. But it, I still had no idea when I walked into the pediatrician's office I actually rang her from the car park and said what's this group I need to get into again I what did you say what am I here for again and she's like yeah just go in and you know say this and um he displayed 45 minutes of the most autistic behaviors you can possibly he just pulled everyone out of the bag and just um what are you doing don't do that darling come on sit up here with mummy and um yeah so when he said you know you do realise you have a child here with autism and that's why you're here. Um, A small fraction of me knew, but a a large bit of me didn't want to know at the same time. And um, I do remember going back home and my father-in-law, when I, you know, I obviously had been quite upset, came home and he, they reminded me of my other twin and said, you know, and he he went into his office and printed out... um, all of that autism sheet and handed it to me and he goes well this is what it is and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> really helpful thanks uh, so it's it, so it that was, was very, for your 18 month old is that correct month old. so he was the first one diagnosed right yeah I turned around and went um so he was just before three when that happened so we went through that 18 months of him slowly regressing till he was just before three um, by that stage, my oldest son had started prep and I went, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Look what I've missed. So um, we went then and got the diagnosis, but, of course, I missed all funding 
because he was already too old to receive anything. So, and luckily I'd already had him in private therapy the whole time in any case. But so he missed all funding. And then it wasn't until my daughter was coming up to 12 and I'd really just been quirky, you know, she had not like her pants. That's okay. You know, go, you know, there's just things that I just was like, yeah, that's okay. okay. Just do the girly girl. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's okay. And then it wasn't until um, her teacher in grade five said to me, and I sort of had heard, you know, this is in the family. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you've got here too, um, that we investigated it some more. And and actually she, she read a book and said, mum, I have, I have asperges as well, you know. And I went. Wow, that's insightful, isn't it? Sort of was thinking that, babe, but we'll just see how we go. Um, it's the book, um, All Cats Have Asperges. Yeah, I haven't yeah. actually read that, but, yeah, I've heard wonderful yeah. things about it. And I've always left a lot of books lying around the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a totally normal thing mm-hmm. for us to be. But, um, so, yeah, she was the last one that's, that was diagnosed at 12. Mm. And because girls really present with different characteristics, I suppose, of autism, don't they? Did they you really, find that? Mm. Yeah, they really – her kindy teacher um, – asked me to see a paediatrician with her when she was five. The same, and I have the same paediatrician throughout the whole time. And um, when I walked in, he said, why are you here? And I said, well, I don't know. The kindy teacher sent me here. I, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. She's absolutely fine, and I don't even know why I'm here. And she was diagnosed with a slight um, re- repetitive language delay. So, um, and I largely ignored that as well because I believe she was perfect. She could write her name backwards. How many children could write their answer? And I, I, she was coping really well. She was okay. Um, socially, yes, yeah, she's always struggled a little bit, but she was okay. So I just let it go for a little bit with her. Mm. But it, it does become apparent the older they get. And going into high school, I felt it was important for her if she needed any extra help. Um, that help would be available, especially at school, um, for her to have the diagnosis. Mm. It sounds very common that um, parents sort of go through this element of denial, like they may see certain things, but um, I think like Tony Atwood said recently when his older son was diagnosed that love is blind and you do, you look beyond that and you do see all the strengths, um, which which is obviously very good, but it can also um you know, blind you from some of the other um, challenging things that they find difficult in life. Also, you know, I think as a, as a parent, you know, you get, you get pregnant and then you start envisaging your life with that child and what you're going to do and the things you're going to do and, and how their life is going to be. And then I think you get that diagnosis and suddenly it's like your whole world or your plan, everything around you is just crashing down. And you have to rebuild from from the ground yeah. up, and, it, and it's you do grieve, you absolutely grieve, and I think it's a um, a sense of trauma, and it's 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 yeah. tra- it's really tragic, and the tears don't stop for a long time. I I came home from Percy being diagnosed, and I I remember thinking, how was I going to tell my husband? Like I was worried how he was going to take it, and to his credit, I was crying. And he said, this is the first and last time you cry. We don't cry. We move forward and he'll be fine and we will make sure he's fine. We don't cry. We move forward. And I remember thinking, okay, okay. And it sort of made me pick myself up and get out of the woe, what, you know, woe is us mm-hmm. phase. So for me, the woe is me phase only lasted about three hours. Wow. It took me Yeah. <laughs> and I was really like, yeah, no. That I, but I'm not saying that that didn't visit me again yeah. um, 25,000 times over the next five years where, you know, you're having meltdowns at the shopping centre and everyone's looking at you and, you know, or you're on a plane and everyone's judging you severely. Um, that happened plenty of times. So, you know, when you're getting judged harshly, you do sit there going, why me? That's just natural. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
And so, so what happened after the diagnosis phase? So you, you both, you got a diagnosis and you go through this grieving process, but in terms of intervention and um, access to services, what, what were you given? Um, Claire, you said you weren't really given any sort of direction at all. Um, what, what is available at the moment out there? Friends and I went down yeah, two we went different, totally different paths. We went different paths. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, maybe given my time again, I might choose differently. I'm not sure, but, but the path that we chose, we went down um, early intervention, um, a, a kindy for, for early de- intervention down here. Um, so that was pretty intense. Um, so we did that. I think along the way, for anything, it was good for education for myself um, and meeting some incredible people as well. So got some lifelong friends that I've made through through that um, through going to that that kindy, um, and then from there we were there for a, probably eighteen months, nearly two years, um, and then moving through to prep. So we had a fairly false start at, at one school on the coast. Um, didn't go well at all, um, and so we had to reevaluate, pulled it right back, um, and then relooked. And so that's that's how we got to, to where we are now. Um, but Fran went down a different, yeah. different path. I guess because I already had um, Marlon with a local speechy and, you know, we we had made quite good friends. So, you know, now she's been my speechy for, you know, 10 years. So we've been friends for a long time. So I took a lot of guidance from her. She told me, um, she basically said, you know, here's a, do what you think. I educated myself. I went to every workshop and conference I could find and I spent a lot of time learning the best what I thought would be the best way I utilized disabilities so I went to everything that disabilities offered and then I slotted private therapy into every other section of his day he also did ECDP um, two mornings a week so that they're only offered from 9 till eleven thirty. can you just um, tell us what that stands for um, oh, what is it? Early Childhood Development Program. Okay. And that's run through um, two local schools on the Sunshine Coast and they're um, aside, they're incorporated with a local school. Um, one is and then one stands privately. And um, so basically if they're fully funded. They're a program run by... Um, very qualified educators um, and it gets them used to being in a school setting and, and you know, they, they, he really loved it. He mm. really loved a bit of time there. And then later on when I was getting him ready for prep, I put him into a um, the same daycare where my oldest son had been with inclusion support. So, and he was also there with his twin. So that was nice and he got a lot out of that and I also kept um, my boys back a year so they did an extra year at all of those programs as well Mm, excellent yeah there really is so many different avenues isn't it Um, you know there's just so many different directions you can take when you get a diagnosis Um, but I just want to shift gears a little bit now and, and ask you about how and if you've told your children about having a diagnosis. Um, I'm guessing you have because, um, you've got this amazing autism treehouse community and, um, I'm just curious, what approach did you take? And for other parents who may be considering, um, telling their child, um, at this point in their life, you know, what? How would they go about it? What was what would be any sort of advice that you would offer? Well, how how I did it personally because, as you say, he was surrounded by a lot of talk to do with the autism treehouse. So, um, and I also educated everyone around us. So at school, when we went to school, you know, we started at, at kindy. I started off with a little note, a little photo of him, and I said, you know, my name is Cooper. I have I have autism, and I'll be in your class this year read it all from him and that was just a little introduction of him into the school environment um didn't go to the children went to the parents so if the parents come home or the kids come home from school and and say oh there's this you know strange kid who talks like you know well we can't talk much at all um then the parents are educated enough to be able to talk to their child about it 
Um, so that's how we went through. And I think over the years with the talk around um, the Autism Treehouse and a few little things I did through school, I think he's finally clicked, well, well, Mum, what is autism? And I said, well, it's, it's, you have autism. And I said, all it means is that your brain works a little bit differently from everyone else. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, I said, you know, some, some kids find it really easy to make friends. You find it a little bit more challenging. I said, you're a fantastic reader. Some other kids find that a bit challenging. So everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that's how we, how we went along. And can I ask, how old was Cooper when you told him or when you sort of had that discussion? That was probably couple of years, probably seven. Okay. And how old is Cooper now? He's nine now. Okay. So, and he knows. And if he still has a few challenges here and there, I'll say, well, that, that is part of your autism. Eh? This is why you have the struggles. You know, your, your brain is just wired a little differently. It's never a negative thing. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And I just say everyone has something. Mm. You know, um, we all have different abilities. You know, you're as good as, you know, and I. Um, I had a little bit of epilepsy when I was little, so I always say, oh, you know, I, I'm an epileptic. You know, dad, dad's got a mirage of things happening, and, you know, Amy gets headaches, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm <laughs> everywhere. Um, it's just been a known fact to them. I don't think they've ever really asked or because I've just always made it known. I remember You've never hidden it, huh? No. You've never I've, hide it. I've never hidden it. It's, no. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, Percy was there was a piece of chocolate cake on the on one of my twins on the bench and he said, Well I think I really deserve the last piece of cake because I'm one with autism. <laughs> I'm like, nah mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, not getting a piece of the cake because you've got autism. <laughs> As much. <laughs> so he can try. He tries. <laughs> oh, they, they try, try regularly. Yeah, they try regularly. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's let's start talking about the autism treehouse. So, can you talk more about what you ladies do and what exactly is the autism treehouse? Sure. Well, uh, obviously, as I said before, it was started about four years ago uh, after Cooper was diagnosed with autism. So. I found real lack of anywhere to go, any support. So I thought, oh, how hard can it be? I'll just start an organisation. <laughs> Little did I know. Ambitious. Um, <laughs> and so that's really how it came about. And it's just really over the years has grown really just organically. You know, I just work from home and just, oh, well, my son wants to do that. I'm sure other kids want to as well. So let's let's give that a go. We'll, um, you know, provide that for, for, for the community. Um Currently so what sorts now, of services, yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, so currently now, um, as of yesterday, it's quite exciting news. We've just actually merged with um, Steps Group Australia. Um, the wonderful Carmel Crouch um, came onto our board um, about two years ago now. Um, and we have just come together and merged. Um, she is incredible. The, the, the organisation that she's built around herself um, because of her child with, with a disability. Um, and it's incredible. It's like 30 years on. And so for us to come in and have access to all her expertise, the people around her and services is just incredible. So with that, um, currently we're offering access to um, resources, education, social skills, and also um, social events um, and life skills programs and social events. So what that's going to mean for going forward is being able to tap into the experience and, and resources through steps, we're going to be able to offer a lot more to our, our local families. Mm. So to resources, um, we've got a, a great range of, of books that we've found useful um, and even resources we can direct to other services on the coast, um, anyone doing some amazing things, we're happy to, to refer and just to create a real community. Um through our education, we offer monthly workshops as well. We've got a great relationship with a lot of local um, leaders in their field, local therapists, um, other organisations. Um, so they come in and run free workshops for us, mm, which, which is wonderful. Um, and leading forward in our education, um, next year, lead, obviously leading in with the NDIS, we'll be able to... Um, really guide and help families as they merge and come all into come into the NDIS. So mm. that'll be 
help them with the, with the process of transitioning into there. Um, one of our social, like our um, life skills programs, we run a great self-defence program. So we base that out of a place down in Warana, South East Self-Defence. Um, the gentleman who runs it has developed a program around his son who also has, um, has autism. Um, and it's a really, it's called like a bully buster program. So a lot of our kids obviously get, get bullied because they're a little bit different. They're a little, little bit quirky. Mm. Uh, and you know, that opens you up for a whole lot of, whole lot of the negative attention from other people sometimes, yeah. other kids at school. So, so that's a wonderful program. And we've, we've been running that, um, all year now and it's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. I think it's fantastic that you're running something like a, a self-defense class. Um, and it sounds like the Autism Treehouse really supports those social skills for the kids. Um, and I think when you surround children on the spectrum with other kids who think like them or who may be a little bit quirky, it can really reduce the stress on the child and um, certain expectations, I think. You know, I know a lot of parents who do attend sort of mainstream um, after-school activities and sports and they, they get the evil eye from parents of neurotypical kids because their their child may not be able to follow the instructions or they can't keep up or they're you know quote unquote misbehaving um and really they're just misunderstood um so i think to be able to provide a safe environment for kids to um, participate in a social activity it, it really does reduce that stress and, ex- and it exposes them to new things without um yeah, without all those negative associations, I think. Parents as well. You know, I know as a parent taking my child along to a mainstream activity, it is stressful and I have anxiety about how he is going to react in that environment, you know. So now if we can go to a specific... I think what it does also for us as parents is it, um, it's very shocking sometimes because, you know, like if I attempt something new like that, I sit there and Jeez, mate. You know, you suddenly, suddenly for us, their quirks are normal. But when you see other people looking at them, you look at them differently as well. Like you suddenly adopt the view of somebody else all of a sudden and you're like, and you expect them to change to their environment, and that's yeah. not fair. No, it's that's not fair, not, and it's fair on them. never going to happen. No, and you, I sort of, I find it um, a little bit stressful because I'm sitting there going, "Don't do that! No, 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 no! That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable." And you sort of feel that. I think I feel more stressed on yourself than they feel because um, all of my children are blessed with um, Aspie arrogance, so they really don't care what you think. <laughs> They really genuinely don't, but <laughs> obviously do. So I think I feel more than they do. Mm. I'm sitting there going, oh, look, yeah. oh, darling, oh, my gosh. And then like, oh, I feel like. We were talking about that the other day as well about. Um, I mean, I mean has- sorry, that's funny now talking about it, but obviously in the time it's really, like you said, it is stressful and it's real and it's in the moment. How do you deal, you know, for parents who are taking their kids to mainstream after-school activities and don't have access to something like the Autism Treehouse, what sort of coping strategies or what would you recommend they do if they are um, feel like they're getting judged? Yeah, can I for See, yeah. I, I didn't tell anybody when mine started school. Um, I... I stand back and look at the key players in in a room and make sure they know. So assess the group, assess the parents, find the key players, smooth my way in <laughs> basically um, and let them know in the nicest, you know, possible way, you know, oh, yeah, well, that, that's because, um, you know, we're blessed with autism. So that's why we do things a little bit differently. Um I don't go in with it as an excuse, a reason, um, something you should feel sorry for us for. Um, I I don't feel like they should – I I don't feel like they should treat us any differently for that reason but perhaps react differently. Mm. And that's on them, not on us. 
because as I said, we really don't care. <laughs> At the end of the day, they all sleep pretty well. <laughs> um, they honestly, you know, it's, it's quite funny to see them. They're just whoo, quite happy. So, and I think I've I've adopted a little bit of their attitude um, as well that, you know, and my husband's got a really great saying that he says to them when they're worrying. And he only said it to me this morning when I was whinging about something. Um, that, you know, do you really think the lion hears the monkey's chatter? They don't. <laughs> and and I think that just consistently building them up all the time that, you know, who cares what people, you know, mm. don't worry about it, mate. It doesn't matter. You're doing your own thing and you're doing it really well. Mm. And if you're exceeding and you're doing your thing really well, that shouldn't bother you. So I, I adopt a little bit of a different strategy than Claire does. And if, if they ask me, I would be quite happy mm. to, to tell them. And, you know, there has been those quite a, quite a few times during those years where I have, you know, um, had to put someone in their place because they looked like they're going to rouse at one of my children for misbehaving. And, you know, no, I'm sorry, that's your arrogance. You know, my child has autism. So mm. don't get me wrong, I don't walk what's in and your go, excuse? Yeah. yeah, my child's got autism. Yeah, yeah, I know, Claire, I don't, yeah, you know, no, not. Claire, but just so far as school goes, throwing out flyers, definitely don't do it like that. Mm. And even to this day, like I, um, I don't tell parents because I figure that they're doing, they're doing okay. You know, they're getting by. They're they're, they're all in mainstream school. Mm. We're in mainstream school. That was our goal. We're there. Um, they're at expected level. Yeah, they're achieving they're you know at the, we're all even going to the playground right now so you know we're we're achieving we're okay kicking so goals. I just, kicking mm-hmm. goals you know and if we can just keep going like that and you know as Claire said you know when Coop was born she had you know all those expectations and things like that and I think that I I get by because I have nil expectations I <laughs> <laughs> I really do, and I never dream about the future, and I never think, wow, what's it going to be amazing when that happens? And just taking each day as it comes and handling those challenges within the next, I never look further than a week or so, um, that helps me cope. Um, I don't dream about what can could be. I just cope with what, what can be today. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think that's that that can be an excellent strategy that can work for lots of different um, parents. What about you, Claire? How, what's your sort of take on that? Yeah, well, I as as Fran was saying, you know, I, I do like to educate people around me. Um, I know Coop does come in with with a fair few quirks. Um, it's just to start talking to him, and the American accent comes out, and you might talk to him, and he'll just be like. So I've got to think about that. It's so the whole auditory processing. So everything takes time. Oh, see, we get um, bonus letters too. Oh, yes, you get all the bonus letters with your diagnosis. Yeah. So yes, this is auditory processing, processing disorder. Um, the sensory processing yes. disorder. We have ADHD, ADD. Um, so we're, we're more like bouncing around you around the wall. <laughs> we're going everywhere. Yeah. And... Um, it's a lot more quiet. Yeah. yeah. But also because it's just, you know, at home it's just Coop and I. Yeah. You know, I'm a single mum. He's the only child. And that's that's our lot, you know. Um, mm. You get home, you get home from him. Oh, goodness, we haven't spoken to each other. We're going to go and chat to him. You know, like, really, because he's just so... He is and I dream of that. <laughs> Uh, that's that's the thing about autism isn't it i mean the spectrum is just so wide and children can be polar opposites but they will still have the same diagnosis so i think it really does take um you know parents have to understand that they might take Every, every parent may take a different approach in terms of how um, they discuss things with their child the sorts of activities they might engage in um, really everything it, it it's so broad yeah absolutely also you know how much is for the child you've really got to remember to take time for yourself mm. you know um i didn't want to go to a typical support group you know i, I didn't need one of those i didn't want to no, no, I, I, no I didn't want to go and sit in a room with 
know, people, it's just quite often quite negative. Oh, the negativity, and, oh, yeah. And I, just, I don't have time for that, you know. No. This is what we've been given. We don't, we don't allow it on with it. And um, yeah. so everything that we do, everything, even through Autism Treehouse, everything, it's positive and it's fun. And, you know, we meet for a, a monthly um, catch-up out at the local cafe or we, we get out into the community and really trying to connect with each other. And Again, and while we're empathetic, we, we understand we've been through it. We know how you feel. We know where you're going. We know where you've been. Um, sometimes it's quite it's quite hard to deal with that negativity because I guess because we're we're, we're trying so hard to be positive for our children um, that we we try and encourage other parents to do that as well. Mm. And there is a there is a lot of negativity in the autism world and you know people who aren't happy with services and things like that. So it's yeah. about trying to put put people in in touch with services that they they can get something out of as well mm. and find ways around those negative things that are happening for them. Mm. In terms of the services and, and what the children can get out of the services at the Autism Treehouse, um, what um, – oh, I've just totally lost my train of thought – um, what yeah? What sort of improvements do you see in the children when they attend these different sort of social events? You know, what what other than the self defence program do you run, and what sort of um, changes have you noticed in your children? Um, have they been able to make more friends? Has their confidence improved? Um, can you have a little chat about that? I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts. Well, you know, through starting Autism Treehouse. Um just along the way, Coop's just been dragged along to everything. You know, I think beforehand we probably wouldn't have we wouldn't have done half as much no. stuff, um, activities, events, everything. So I think along all the way, come and try sports, all the come and try sports days, and you know, it's just getting him out of his comfort zone and saying, "Well, no, I'm going, so you've got to come." Yeah. You know, and then he's been more, more kicking and screaming sometimes. But the confidence, they go. They, they go and they get, if you if you give them the opportunity, do you want to go? Of course they're going to say no because they want yeah. to sit at home on the couch with their iPad. You don't yeah. give them a choice. Yeah. So you right. say, all right, we're off here, we're doing this, you know. And, you know, that's quite often if we don't raise the bar for our kids, no one else is going to. So yeah. we have to give them that little push. We have to be the ones, you know, well, we in have their high corner. expectations. Yeah. yeah. And um, of the how do you do that? How do you do that for the parents who are listening to this podcast right now? and they want to get their child to try new things and their child is very resistant, doesn't want to do it, um, will have the meltdown. How do you slowly um, get them out of their comfort zone? I would use a reward system. That's the first thing. Find their currency. So whether it be dinosaurs, trains, um, money. I've paid Cooper at some point to do that. Yeah, I've paid money. Find their currency, Pokemon cards at the Mm -hmm. moment. You know, that's worth a Pokemon card off eBay if you do what you want. Or, you know, my kids are really good at bribing me back as to yeah. what, oh, what am I going to get if I what do What am I going to get if I do that? <laughs> um, and it, finding a currency is really what it's about. If you can find what they work in and say, well, you know, you do this, you'll get this. Or, or alternatively, I will take it away. You know, if you if you need to spend time on your iPad, that's okay, but you also need to get out and do this as well because, you know, that's that's part of how we grow and learn different skills. So, and giving them a – they're not silly. If you explain it really well, I think that, that also – You don't have to continue to giving it for that same activity. By the time they're in, entrenched yeah, in it, they're they loving it. it and they enjoy it. So it's just getting them there and yeah. then you can – Bring every drop everything away, all those rewards away. Yeah, it's just getting their toes in and having a little taste of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're also experts at everything, Mm. straight up. Mm. So, um, and I did find that with one of mine, we went through a huge, you know, getting ready for prep was a very big deal, very very big deal. Second day comes down in his house, clothes lays on the couch with the remote, and I'm like. What are you doing, mate? And he goes, yeah, I've done it. I did it. I went. That was it. I'm like, oh, no, sweetheart, that's every day. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> uh, no I went. And I, 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 uh, 
And um, yeah, so that's my yeah, sweetheart. I forgot to tell you that it's every day, Dylan. Going. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. um claire did dob you in earlier um and said that you did have a few funny stories you might want to share with us to make us laugh (laughs) oh that one yeah there's so many there's so many um i guess you know we're always encouraging great social skills and eye contact and modeling those behaviors um i'm very clear with how i speak to especially when they were little um very clear in how i speak and and my expectations of them are high um i was at the local shopping center with one of my youngest and um we saw the most cutest little pug cross chihuahua little dog and you know we've gone over and i'm like oh my gosh this is so cute and um he's very nicely asked can i pat and I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what a good little boy. He said, can I pat? That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm having a little moment to myself of how wonderful it is. And I've looked up and he was patting the man's bald head. <laughs> this man has a shiny bald head. And I'm, I was just lost for this moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I said, I'm here. And the dog, the dog. The dog, the dog, the dog. Look at the puppy. Let's pat the puppy. And and I do remember, you know, as we walked away saying, you know, you've just experienced autism at its best. <laughs> oh, that is a crack up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we've had, um, we, we go, we've had, um, so usually you have a special interest that lasts for a long time. Um, you know, Lego has been throughout a bug. Uh, you know, stretch through everything. We've had dinosaurs, reptiles, fish. Um, Pokemon is now our whole house is Pokemon. Um, but my youngest went through a stage where it was Bindi and the Crocman, and he was a Crocman and would only wear the shirt. And then he evolved into Steve Irwin, um, and he was full Steve Irwin puppy, and he had this mop of long blonde hair, and would get around saying all the phases of. Steve like crikey mate and carried his little crocodile it was the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life it was really really <laughs> cute but um, we were going on a holiday to Sydney and I'm like there's no way Steve Irwin's coming with us he's just not this has to end yeah. I was worried that you know because he had the, the shirt the Australia Zoo shirt <laughs> and we couldn't end it I didn't know what we were going to do um, and my husband's very creative at coming up with things that you know I'm, I just go I don't know what I'm going to do um, so one day when he was in the pool, the shirt disappeared and I'm, and I'm like sitting there going, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. And he's like, where's my shirt? And, um, my husband said, oh, it fell in dog poo. So the dog poo cleaner team has collected it and, uh, we have to wait for the, for it to be returned. Could take quite some time. If something gets touched by dog poo, it has to be cleaned. And he kept asking for a couple of weeks, and eventually it stopped. Um, and I, so cruel. It's so cruel, but it worked. <laughs> used to do, I love this one because this is actually helpful. So we could never get them to sit at the table with us for dinner. He wouldn't sit with us at the table. Yeah. And we went through a summer of really bad storms, mm. and I noted that during a blackout he ate with us. And I'm like, oh, oh, you know, he has to eat with us because of the candles. So we <laughs> invented a character that would turn off the power if we weren't all sitting at the table. So every night for a couple of months, like we'd get ready for dinner and then right before it's about to serve up, my husband would go turn the power off. <laughs> 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 eating all your dinner um <laughs> it'd go back on so, oh it's magic that works really really well um, oh, that's what it's all about isn't it just yeah. coming up with these inventive creative strategies yeah mm-hmm. and you really just have to outsmart them i think that's what it is and but um, i do remember one night he was away and i'm like oh, gosh i've got to go turn the power off 
and I did hook tea and I'm like, it was outside and I'm oh. like, oh. And I because when, when you turned it off, there was always the massive, oh, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. so I to like quietly light a couple of things. So when it went out, he didn't freak out because I wasn't inside. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's so many. He uh, tells it like, it, you know, they all tell it like it is mm. and they're all um, blessed with a little bit of wit and sarcasm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just, they come out with, but not swear, like, but you know, yeah. language in general. It's just fascinating. Where did you get that from? Where did you yeah. hear that? Where just, did you make that up yeah. from? Where have yeah. you heard it? I keep hears a lot, you know, from TVs, movies, and but he always uses it in the right context. You know, <laughs> even when he's, I say, where did you hear that? Maybe it's yeah. from some movie. But the memories, the memories are incredible. Yeah, when um, my youngest was little, I actually covered the whole of our lounge room at his level with whiteboards. I went and bought a whole lot of whiteboards and attached them to the walls all around the bottom of the lounge room just to encourage his fine motor. Um, I have a really nice husband who does <laughs> things for me, lets me do these <laughs> crazy <laughs> things. Um, he started to write from memory all of the credits of the movies that he liked. Wow. So the whole credit of a movie would be on each whiteboard, every name written wow. by, by um, directed by, and the names would be perfect, absolutely perfect. He also went through a stage where he um, could memorise um, car rego plates. And I'll never forget, um, our bathroom was being renovated and it was during a stage where he stayed up to like I couldn't get him to sleep. So I was up every night till 12.30 with him. And um, he woke up and the plumber was in my ensuite doing something and he was on my bed and he woke up and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, how's this going to go? There's a strange man beside his bed. And um, he just looked at him and said, did you bring PQRs, you know, 321 with you today? And this guy was about 20 and he goes, that's my <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. He does. That's why he's pretty smart. He's pretty smart. Yeah, so you could go on and on. Well, what I'm getting from you ladies is just I can feel the positive vibe through the computer screen here. Um, It's amazing. And I'm just wondering how, you know, just briefly, how important do you think it is for parents to be involved and a part of a community like the Autism Treehouse? I think it's huge, to be honest. I think, yeah, we rub off on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um it is just in your local area even if if there's no yeah it's understanding and just talking to people who get it you know we sit around have a coffee quite often a glass of wine and you know it's just oh i know what you mean i've been there i've done that it's or a strategy 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 i've done that and this is what i did yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, and you're right. I think even as an occupational therapist, I think the best teachers for me are the kids themselves and the parents. I mean, you guys come up with wonderful strategies. You're living the experience. Um, and I think, yeah, it is so important to, to be surrounded by a community like that. What are, are there? as well. Sorry, you find your pal, you have your friendship group beforehand. And you find, you know, not everyone is, is supportive and um, wants to be part of your life post-diagnosis and it is okay to cull. I remember a barbecue. <laughs> um, yeah, see, you yeah, get a start she's off. With um, <laughs> my 10-year-old and he, we hadn't lived in this house long and it was friends that were older friends, you know, not not autism friends and I'm um, trying to serve up desserts. You know, you're trying to be a lovely hostess and everything's beautiful and he comes and stands in the middle of everyone and goes, so how much longer till these people get out of our house? <laughs> oh, gosh, this is awful, Mum. Are they leaving soon? And they're standing Honest. there at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> is funny? Funny? <laughs> so funny, isn't he? Do you want to go to your room, mate? Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and it's those, if you don't understand that and you can't go, yeah, no, go away. I'm here as long as I want to be, you yeah. know. And banter back and understand the children. It makes it, yeah, yeah it, it makes it a lot better to be with understanding yeah. people. Mm. 
What about parents who are listening in who don't have access to a community like the Autism Treehouse and they're inspired to follow in sort of some sort of similar footsteps? They might not want to create a big organisation, but just some social things or um, connection with other parents. How might they go about it? Facebook is a great way to start. You know, just connect via Facebook. You do some great closed Close groups on Facebook. And so your community, community groups. You can pull them out of the community group. Yeah. Like every community has a little group and you can you yeah. can pull them out of that quite easily, I'd yeah. say. So come on, let's go and meet once a month or even just to sit at home after kids in bed and just chat to someone online. It would be so isolating, you know. So any way you can connect with, with other people, um, the better. Awesome. All righty, ladies, let's head to the... <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> um, let's head to the five rapid fire questions. So um, you can both answer or whoever wants to answer, just shoot away. What is one habit that parents can implement today? One habit they can implement? Sorry? Yes. 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 So I would say if, if you're not, if you haven't got a, um, a clear routine around things like, especially if you're school age and you're struggling with those things, I would say that would be a good one. If you're not, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a before and now or, you know, here, um, now and next sort of yeah. thing. First now and next. And next. First and then. First and then. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. If, you, if you're not doing that, that's a big one, especially if they're little. Um, if they're nonverbal, learn some basic sign. That's the first thing I did. Um, so I could communicate because we couldn't communicate, and he picked up on that really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because we did, um, we just got the iPad for his morning routine. I took photos of his breakfast, took photos of the toilet, took photos of his uniform, took photos of everything, created a photo, just a, an album. All right, and Monday morning, he clicked on Monday morning. All right, I had my breakfast. Swipe. What's next? Oh, yep, I'm gonna go to the toilet. Swipe. Done that. You know, mm-hmm. and that was that was great. And then you could just pull those once once they've got it down, you can just start pulling those. Mm. those supports back and but also don't get too stuck in routine no, because true. if you get out of it you've got to change them regularly you've got to mix it up and that's what and that's what we do you know instead of going left all the time go right you know and really teaching those strategies how to cope with change as well yeah excellent excellent yep uh, yeah i think what you're sort of saying is look at visual strategies um visual schedules scheduling but yeah don't be so um be flexible mm. yes in the early years and then later on because I have teenagers on the spectrum pick your battles go mm-hmm. in if you pick what you're going to go in with don't go in for all of them it's not worth it let them win let them win mm-hmm. awesome so number two what do people never ask you that you wish they did <laughs> I don't know I'd like to go out on a date <laughs> <laughs> everybody oh, that I've been asked on a date for a long time. <laughs> um, what do people ask you and you wish they oh. did? Um, you go, Claire. Yeah, I, I'd like them to, to come and say, well, what can I do to enter into your child's world? Yeah. You know, so often our kids are expected to get out of their comfort zone, go and do what other people want to do. Well, how about for a, chance, for, for a change? Someone find out about my child, find out his interests and step into his world for a, for a moment, you know, and do the things. You might not enjoy it. Have five minutes. Spend time with him doing what he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, that's a big Just one. connect with him on his level. Yeah. And because so many people don't do that. Mm. They just ignore Always them. Always expecting our kids to get out of their comfort zone. And, I you, even, know, you know, we even have family members who come and then just sort of say, oh, hello, how are you? But don't ever go past that. Mm. That would be lovely. Mm. Yeah, connection, so important. Um, what would you recommend? Um, is there one book that you recommend all parents read? Um, we, I do have a collection here, but this one by Bill Nason. So he has a Facebook page as well, which you've probably heard of. And for new starters, that's a great place to go. So can you just and- read out the name of the book? So it's the autism discussion page and he talks about everything from anxiety, behaviour, school, um, parenting strategies. Um, what we really like about the Bill Mason book is that you can just pick it up. It's not heavy. 
it's not content. Yeah, you're not like, oh gosh, I need overwhelming. A, yeah, yeah, I'm. I need um, a coffee to finish the next page. Um, it's and you can also go straight to where you need to go and pick up what you need to pick up out of it. Awesome. 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 One of the first, not not a book that I read, but a you know the phrase that Welcome to Holland. I just love that Welcome to Holland mm. um, little poem. I guess I guess it is. Um, have you have you read that one? No, I haven't. Go and Google it after this. Welcome to Holland. It has me. I was blubbering a blubbering mess first time I read it, but it's a really good insight, a really good way to to, to look at life, and it's what I needed to read at that point. Yeah, and I have ra- seen it somewhere, but I haven't I haven't read it. Yeah, it's really good. The Rosie Project's a great book too. Um, I give a lot of books to family and friends. If I ever, um, I give them away knowing I won't get them back to teachers every year as well, just in hope that they might learn something. Yeah. The conversation train, we both love the conversation train. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good great. I use that a lot stuff. in therapy as well. Yeah, yeah, staying on track with conversation, how to keep it going, how to end it properly, what to do to get it back on track. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Excellent. All righty. What is one of your top three unfinished bucket list items? Personally or for our children? Mm-hmm. Either. 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 Um, for the children, I would say I would really love to see them with some really firm um, connections in their schooling and that's what I aim to do. Mm-hmm. To survive schools to, to come out in one piece with their, conf- yeah, with their confidence, yeah. self-esteem intact. Um, you know, if they, if they learn something along the way, that's an added bonus. Yeah. But for me, it's coming out confident, happy, happy self-esteem intact and, you know, positive, happy, polite child. Awesome. And if you could only offer one piece of advice to parents, what would it be? Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, mm. you've been given this, but, and as I was saying before, you do have this path in mind that this is going to happen. But yeah, you might, you might get your diagnosis and, and veer off to a whole other path, but who's not to say that's not a better path? You know, it, it's not always doom and gloom and, it's, and it can be positive and rewarding and exciting and just different to what yeah. you had planned. And, and take everyone's advice just like you do when you're pregnant and people give you all of that random advice they give you. Um, just take the advice, use what, use what is good for your child out of it and dispose of the rest. Great, great. That's awesome advice. Um, how how can our listeners find out more about the Autism Treehouse and the programs that you offer to the Sunshine Coast residents? Sure. Well, we're all across via our website, obviously. Um, all our events and all about us is on our website. Um, and then via social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram. So what will, um, they, what will they type into um, Google for to get your website? To, Steps Autism Treehouse. It'll be on now. So we're currently just all migrating everything over. Um, but via our social media platforms, it's all Steps Autism Treehouse. And just Autism Treehouse on Facebook? Uh, yep, Steps yep. Autism Treehouse on Excellent. Facebook and, um, yeah, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And they'll find us. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. It has been so much fun, a lot of laughs, and I really appreciate all the work that you are both doing in the autism community here in Australia. Um, you're obviously very passion-driven parents and committed to making a difference in the lives of children on the spectrum so thank you so much thank you very much for your time for having us really enjoyed it thanks guys see ya I hope that today's show has resonated with you in some way and I hope that you have been inspired to take action and make positive change from home base If there is someone you know who would benefit from this podcast, please share it. And I would love for you to join our Homebase Hope community. You can do this by subscribing to this podcast. All you have to do is head on over to iTunes and hit the subscribe button. And every fortnight, you will get an instant notification of the latest interview. 
If you do like this show, please jump on iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can discover us and so we can inspire positive change in more people living on the spectrum. If you do leave a five-star review, please take a screenshot and send it to info at homebasehope.com.au with the subject line free ebook and I will send you a copy of our awesome ebook Understanding Behaviours. In this book, I show you how to manage challenging behaviours at school, at home and in therapy. I talk about the differences between tantrums, meltdowns and button pushing. And I also arm you with practical strategies you can start using today. You can access all of the show notes and other episodes at homebasehope.com.au. So until next time, I encourage you to open your mind, respect the differences and above all, believe that you can make a difference from home base. See you soon, guys. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.